Hey everybody, and a welcome back to another exciting episode of Hooked on Hitchcock. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I'm here with G. Larry Butler. G. Larry Butler is back again with me, and uh, today we're going to talk about murder. Our our favorite Hitchcock, um, uh, like thing that Hitchcock does a lot of murder. He, Gee, what a delightful subject! I know what a great subject. He he tends to put a lot of that in his movies, you know, and so he actually made a whole movie called Murder, which honestly, mm, I don't know if that's necessarily the right. That's title. right. Yeah. Well, or is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is about a murder, you know, that yeah. happens, and so um, basically the the small small gist of the plot is that the this uh this woman is on trial for murder that she may or may not have committed uh the jury's not sure at one point and then they all just decide to convict her uh one of the jurors actually knows her and which wouldn't it that take him off like didn't he know okay. her wouldn't he, didn't he know her wouldn't that take him off the jury? Yeah, it should have. Well, see, this is England. And there's a, re a couple of things that they do differently over there. Number one, it's murder, uh, always murder. It's never manslaughter, never second degree. They, they, they even say that, you know, the foreman uh, cautioned them, or was it the judge? They said, uh, uh, it's not, uh, you can't look at the beauty of the person. You can't look at the youth. You can't look at the provocation. It's murder, no matter right. what. So I think, wait a minute, here in the States, we have different degrees. Right. You know, first degree, second degree, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, blah, 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 blah. But there, it's just murder. Yeah. If you kill somebody, you're going to jail or die. Yeah. So it's very stiff, steep, uh, uh, stiff. Yeah. So she's, so the jury does convict her. Um, and one of the jurors, the one that had second thoughts, has second thoughts after and goes to his own investigation. And he finds out a little bit more than he was expecting about a certain person that's behind me in this uh, picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a great shot, by the way, I know I love. Oh, my God. So yeah. I'm going to say that um, this wasn't my favorite of Hitchcock's movies. Um I was talking to Larry about it earlier. I'm really not a fan of a lot of his earlier stuff because I think except for like a few, um, his earlier work is just, just it wasn't there yet, you know, but there's right. like 39 steps was amazing. Um, you know, uh, lodger was amazing, but this falls under the like, okay, he, he does like a movie a year, basically. So he mm -hmm. he's kind of like the Woody Allen of suspense, you know? <sighs> like Woody Allen does like a movie a year. Um, so yeah, he does like a movie a year he directs. And in this time thing, like he, you know, directed a movie that I think wasn't as good but it was his second talkie i thought this was his first his first is called blackmail and we are going to do that i think even either this season or next you know okay. and so and blackmail i've heard is really good because it's like the first talkie but this 
has some cool first too. And we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um yeah. but yeah. What go ahead. Let's talk talk about the actors. Uh, did you recognize any of them? I was not aware, but um when I looked up yeah. the main guy, um I guess his name's Herbert something. Uh let me look him up again. Herbert Marshall. Um, I saw he was a big name, like he had worked uh, on Little Foxes, which was a William Wyler movie. So he's worked with both Hitchcock and Wyler. He's yeah. worked on Foreign Correspondent with Hitchcock, uh, Trouble in Paradise um, with er er Ernst L L Lubsch, you know, like he's done some big stuff. I just wasn't aware of him. Uh, he did a great job. Um, yeah. I like I like yeah, I did. I didn't really recognize anybody either, but I, I have a little story to tell you real quick. Uh, I And one of the uh, profiles of each actor, they have a Robert Easton. Now, of course, he wasn't old and he wasn't even born when this was made. But uh, he uh, is, was a very famous actor. He lived between 1930. Oh, I guess he was born in 2011. And uh, he was a voice coach later in his life. But he let his beard grow out and his hair grow out. So he looked like a a bum, you know, a vagabond. And uh, I went to a convention once and I went to the restaurant and they said, sir, we're a little crowded. Uh, could you share a booth with a person? I said, who? And she pointed to a man with very long hair and a very long beard. And he looked like a bum. And I said, no, thanks. And I found out later by looking at his his photo that that was the guy. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed belatedly. I turned down a visit with Robert Easton because mm -hmm. I could have shared a booth. And because he looked scraggly. But if you look at him as a young actor, he's amazing. He's been in so many movies and, you know, he was a great actor and a clean cut, short hair, no beard. But, you know, when you when you do that, sometimes people get the false impression. So anyway, but he did the voice of one of them, I guess, because you probably know yourself. This was not the easiest thing to understand. It's all in Cockney English and some higher class English, but mostly Cockney. And it's very hard. I had subtitles and uh, subtitles. I don't know how they did it. They're AI or just some idiot that had misspellings, bad dialect, completely wrong words. Where did you and watch it? Where did, where did you watch it on? On Plex. Okay, so I I tried the subtitles on Plex, and uh, they didn't even have the right subtitles. Like it just right. sometimes it didn't even um you know they they would say something and it wouldn't pop up and then later the, right. it might be there or something exactly it was, but it w wasn't right hardly you know. ever was it correct because they were guessing at what they said they didn't understand it either yeah so, so i just i was very frustrated with it i had to watch it twice because i had you know the wrong thoughts on the first one i had to embellish on my notes but um the second time does it for me. I have to see something twice to really let it sink in. Um, so anyway, but I enjoyed it. Uh, not so much throughout most of it, but the last third, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the first the first scene, what did you think of the first scene? Did you like how it was done? Um, I mean, I, it was, 
I Do you remember really, what happened? I couldn't really tell what happened because. Well, how about the scream? The, the scream was great. Yeah, I had PTSD and that scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, like, oh my God, what the hell was that? And then they have a, a, pan, a pan, a long pan of all these windows being open, people inside, various stages of undress, uh, falling over, trying to put their clothes on and. It was kind of funny and scary at the same time. I thought that was a nice way to do it. And then we go to the murder scene, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, do you want to get into that? Okay. The, 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 the cop arrived. Oh, yeah. You're talking about after. The... And uh, just to set it up, because it's circumstantial limit against this poor young girl. She's very young. Her name is Diana. And. And uh, apparently she murdered uh, not a girlfriend. It was an enemy, a friend of me. And uh, they had between the two people, Blood and uh, Anna, I think was her name. And it really looked good for Doc. Ah, what the fuck just happened? Hey, everybody. And uh, sorry about that. We had a little bit of technical difficulty there. We lost Larry for a second, but he's back. Um, Hey, Larry. Uh, so, um, you were, you were saying before, um, that apparently I guess, you know, there was the death of the, um, two actresses, um, continue on about that if you can. The two actresses. Yeah. Well, apparently the they got one that, actress, one actress. Death. Yeah. They hated each. They didn't. Well, according to some people, you know how people are. Uh, some people said they hated each other, and one person said, no, it was just tension between them. Because, you know, they were just competing for the same parts. You know how actors are. And I, I lived with a guy for a while that was my my best competitor, and uh, we got along pretty well, but not at first. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, okay, so apparently one of them died, uh, but blunt force trauma to the head, and presumably it was by a poker that they found thrown aside and then she's laying in a pool of blood. There was blood on the surviving girl, Diane. I think it's Diane. And uh, so uh, they assumed that she killed her and Mm -hmm. she, she had a little brandy on her lips, but uh, they thought she was drunk and she was just dazed and confused. And so um, by circumstantial evidence, they assumed that she was guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. So they took it all away in the court. They took her in, booked her, and she didn't resist. And she said, look, I can't remember a thing. So because she didn't contest it, they assumed she was guilty. Mm-hmm. So then parlayed into a jury trial, and the jury, you know, deliberated for quite a while. And they uh, they they pressured the holdouts. You know, if you've ever been in a jury trial, you know. That if you say not guilty, they're going to come after you, and they're they're trying to pressure you, and they they need a unanimous conviction. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and that was interesting in and of itself. It kind of reminded me of the Twelve Angry Men That's with Jack Lemmon. Yeah, and and it, it it at first it was kind of dreary to go through that, but the second time I I was really focused, you know, about how they did this. You know, and then the jury form was very practical. He said, you know, we don't have to go into too much detail. We know what happened. You know, he's one of these guys. So he'd already made his mind up. 
So it was a trickle down type of thing. So everybody started saying, you know, uh, they changed their verdict from not guilty to guilty. And uh, so they pressured the few remaining holdouts. The last one was this guy named Sir John, who was an actor, playwright. And apparently he was a knight, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because they call him Sir. So he uh, he said, you know, this kind of reminds me of a. you know, uh, with with in theater, we criticize life, and uh, now life is is kind of um, taking on a different turn. It's uh, affecting our, our art, and and so I don't know how he said it now, but it was interesting. He he kind of uh, turned it around on his head, and um, so he says we we need to examine this more closely. I don't think we should make a decision right now. And they, they've pressured him to give a guilty plea, but he was very remorseful about that, maybe because he knew her and he felt responsible because he uh, involved her in a the theater. He cast her in his play because he sent the lead actress on the road to do another show. And so he put her in, in that lead actress's place and felt kind of responsible for what happened to her i mean so i just don't understand how he could be in the jury though like that 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 definitely sounds like it's a conflict of interest right there where it's a you know like that that should be one thing that they ask do you know that do you know do you know the defendant or whatever and they say you know yes or no and if the person says yes then they should be stricken from jury you know like but but again, this is England. This is not the state. So maybe they're different over there. Maybe it so doesn't maybe matter. Maybe they don't matter. That it doesn't matter. No, that um, sounds really. That sounds really hard. I mean, maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to ch- check on that. Um, but it, that whole uh, jury trial was quite lengthy and a, a little dreary at times. But still, it was. You know, it it brought up some interesting points. And that's why I enjoyed it the second time I watched it. So, and, you know, a lot of people watch this movie more than once if they don't quite get it the first time. And, and I'm doing it the same way. And it sure helps clear the cobwebs a little bit. Um, so uh, then they went around the room. There was like two holdovers. There was three not guilty and seven guilty and two abstained. So they pressured those guys first. And one guy thought that he reminded she reminded him of his daughter. I think it was actually lustful for because she's a pretty little thing. And so uh, they kind of found that out real quick and hammered him on that point. And so he acted really embarrassed. I liked his performance quite a bit. It was a little over the top, but it was very expressive and very funny uh, how he was embarrassed by, you know, they caught him you know, kind of uh, lusting for her. And that's why he wanted her to be scot-free. But he finally had to admit that that she probably was guilty. And then another guy, just on the basis of his involvement in a war or something, he said, we send young people to war to get killed. And yet you you can't even give her a break on this. And, you know, it's just, uh, it was very interesting how they use different tactics uh, and had, people had different attitudes depending mm-hmm. on who they were and but anyway apparently the two girls were 
had bad terms. They drank too much, which wasn't true. But they all thought that it appeared that they quarreled about the same man. Diana used a poker to club the other girl to death. And the prosecution claims they have proof. And uh, there's blood on the dress, poker at her feet, brandy flask empty. And uh, the other girl is just uh, can't remember anything. The one that survives. And plus, she's well-to-do, she's entitled, she's brazen, she's willful, which aren't good things. It's kind of like white entitlement or something like that. And defense, uh, they didn't deny the act, but claimed she was having a fit of some kind, a kind of loss of rational thought. So the jury writes the verdict uh, individually, like I said, seven guilty, three not guilty, two abstain. And then they wore the two abstains down to a guilty and then they actually went after the three remaining not guilty and got them too. And some thought, a couple of the women thought that uh, they should give her mercy, not death, and give her 20 years in prison. And then another one complained that 20 years is life spent in hell. It wastes your life. You can't, you know, uh, run on a world. And well, anyway, but it goes, everybody had a different reason. And mm-hmm. it was very interesting. And yeah, um, he said, you can't run on a world on sentiment. Now, we do make glorious wars. Oh, that's one guy. He says, we make glorious wars to get rid of young people. So he doesn't understand what defense uh, attorney was saying. And finally, he decided she was guilty. And so anyway, <laughs> all, of what decided, all of them decided that. By the way, I did look it up and uh, they do challenge the jury. Um, guessing that would be a thing is, uh, do you know the defendant personally would be a question that most of them ask if then if they said yes, but there was a, there was a thing of like, um, you know, she, she asked about him being on the jury and he said he was somehow he was living around that area or something. That's why he got called. Oh, so he you lied. Know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he did to it. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, he, uh, thank God he was on the jury. Or she would have died, well, but uh, yeah, yeah. Thank God she, he was. Nobody else was gonna. Nobody wanted to defend her because they well, just like hey, she's guilty. Technically, so, he didn't need to be on the jury because if he saw in the paper that she was, you know, she was convicted and everything, he probably would have done the same thing where he would have. Well, um, true. Tried yeah, to help possible. her out, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, technically, but. The fact that he was on the jury and that he was helping her out does sort of make for a fun little, like, you know, as you said, 12 Angry Men. I think of the 12 Angry Men with Henry Fonda, and uh, and I, I love that, that movie to death. And um, this did seem like, you know, like kind of the Hitchcock version of that, which, which that one came out later, years later. But this one was, yeah. you know, this one was uh, there to basically it's the idea of you know they're the jury and then all of a sudden he he wants he needs to investigate and he needs to figure out who you know who actually did it and it becomes like a sort of a whodunit in a way like you know did she right. do it? did she not do it um i i would have if they were done today um it would have been that she did do it and she would have like there was something wrong with her or something mentally like she didn't know she did it, you know, or whatever that would have probably been what they would do today because having it be the way it, it was, which was very shocking, very cool. 
um it you know it's just a different you know way of doing it um of the of doing the film so yeah, yeah. so she so she's up there and he's he kind of enlists his friend and his friend's wife to help him figure things out or whatever which i loved i loved those two characters um or their names uh malcolm M markham ted Markham. No, no not markham it was malcolm actually when you look at the profiles on the imdb it's malcolm they were pronouncing it wrong or they were writing it wrong for subtitles on, on imdb here it says it was, on imdb online it says m a r k h a m mark well, okay i i i saw it as something different yeah i don't know my ted, IMDb... ted malcolm yeah ted um, markham and okay, Douch, Douch, douchey markham Ducey, I don't know, something like that. She never says her name. They just call her Miss Markham the whole time. Okay. Well, yeah. I had it, Markham, and then I went through all my notes and changed it to Malcolm. Oh, oh God. But anyway, it's okay. But there was a couple other things that it was interesting. They two are two women argued against each other. One said, you know, it's just a one-time occurrence. Give her a break. And then the other person said, no, no, if she did it once, she'll do it again. Because mm -hmm. they were saying, you know, they're, uh, she has a dual personality, one violent and cruel and another normal. If, if we let this abnormal person free, you know, this personality, she's, she's going to do it again. Mm -hmm. So then she changed her mind. And, oh, my God, it was it, it was quite a big deal that going around the table with all those jurors and it was kind of interesting how the human mind, everybody thinks differently. Um, and then the, the attorney was saying anyone can succumb to severe stress and is no longer conscious or responsible for their actions. And their body is no longer in control of their will. Well, that's all the more reason to kill that person. So, Anyway, that's what they're arguing back and forth. So, anyway, okay. So you said Markham and uh, uh, Sir John. They right. they kind of did a you know Abbott and Costello thing, except no humor involved. But yeah, uh, yeah Markham was kind of like the Abbott <laughs> mm -hmm. character. He was a little funny, not not intentionally. He just was. He played a, a good role. So. Yeah. Um, they went after trying to figure out what the hell happened. How could she have done that? Because she seemed so nice and, you know, uh, kind of passive, very sweet, you know. And uh, my God, did she have bipolar or what? And then they, little by little, they find out that not enough to reverse the conviction, but enough to make it interesting, like, wait a minute, there's something else going on here. They found out that somebody might have gotten through the back curtain. Oh, before that, let's talk about when the cop goes to the theater. That's really interesting. And he it tries to interview these actors. These actors are actually doing a play. So they're off stage and he's interviewing. And he says, oh, wait a minute, that's my cue. And they have to go on, pretend to be drunk, or this man pretends to be a woman. And then they change clothes and they change the other man's a woman and the, the other guy's a cop. And it's so funny. 
Oh, mm-hmm. they were trying to, you know, to hold this legitimate interrogation. And they're saying, oh, no, excuse me, that's my cue. Then they have to go on and do their something crazy in front of an audience. By the and, way, uh, oh, go ahead. But, no, that's all right. Well, I, think, I, was, uh, gonna, I was just going to say, I when, my favorite part of this movie was like the use of sound. And it, um, because once again, this was very new to Hitchcock, right? So he wanted to explore with sound. My favorite bit is in the beginning of the movie where they're sort of showing off this uh play, you know, and everything that's happening, and people are going in the play, and then and there's like, whenever they open up the door, you can hear the laughter and people talking, whatever, and then the door was shut and it'd be silent, you know? And I, I just love that. I thought, wow, that is such a cool, like little, little trick for, for just for sound stuff. Right. So there was that, um, that bit, that's one of my favorite. And then the other bit that I really loved was the, uh, when he's shaving and you can hear the radio talk or whatever and, and whatnot. And then later you hear his inner dialogue. Right. You hear him talking or thinking to himself. And uh, that was actually really cool because um, back then they could not figure out how to uh, separate the yeah. stuff and put like a separate soundtrack. So a uh, you know, they had a set and they had that scene and next outside the set was an actual orchestra playing the, the music uh, while he's shaving. I thought that was I thought that was really freaking cool, like to hear, you know. I like, think you know, I know what you're talking about, but it was like I couldn't understand it because it was all garbled. It was they were talking on top of each other. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh, this doesn't make sense. And then yeah. also sometimes the sound would go out completely. And I'm like, is there something wrong with my computer? No, it wasn't and, wrong with uh, your computer. It happened to me too. And I don't know if that was the movie or if that was literally or if that was literally there's no dialogue so this is probably a, kind of a duplication of an old print mm. and they lost some stuff yeah. and uh, so uh, there is no subtitles no dialogue i'm just watching an action they're talking but didn't hear a thing couldn't understand it no subtitles so it, there was not too many of that but a few times um yeah. so Anyway, um, after that, these guys start researching this, and then he calls Markham in, uh, and he says, how do you do? And he says, nasty things. I'm like, what? What does that mean? And he trips over the carpet. I don't know if that was symbolic of anything. Did you remember that? It was kind of a bulky carpet. He tripped over it. Yeah, I saw Uh, that, yeah. And then he says, you know what? Artists have a double function. We use life to create art, and we use art to criticize life. And I'm not quite sure what his point was, but it's some, something to do with, you know, the, the art. We can actually examine life through art. And so then they go to work. They're a team. And uh, like I said, people assume Diane's guilty, so they just let her rot in jail. And she's facing the death penalty. She doesn't deny it. Um, so she has a pain in her head. And uh, no doctor examines her <clears throat> to find tra- uh, traces of a blow. 
There is no investigation whatsoever after the crime. And so even though he was one of 12 who decided her fate, Sir John just figured he was caught up in the machine that decides destinies, and he wanted to buck that trend. So he entices Malcolm, or sorry, Markham and his wife to, to help him investigate. And Mrs. Markham saw a policeman who disappeared. Was that mm-hmm. a fake cop? And then later, it seems like it was. They saw a real cop. And then later, when he looked out the window, he saw a different cop. Well, you know what happened? Then I figured this out. I don't know if we should tell everybody now, but there was an actor uh, that that was he that the cop interviewed when they were doing the play. And he was changing clothes. First, he was a woman. Then he was a cop. Well, he came with that wardrobe. And that's how cleverly he got through the streets, dressed as a cop, but in the house that he broke into, through the window, he was a woman. And he talked in a woman's voice. Because later they talked to the landlady, and she said, no, 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 there was no man here. And mm-hmm. then uh, Sir John goes in another room and goes, and he, and he talks like a woman, and she says, oh, there's a woman in there? And he said, no, I tricked you. And then she gets yeah. very upset. I don't like to be tricked like that. Damn it. Get out of my house. But I actually said, no, I need you to testify that you were fooled by this man. So we're going to try to get this lady off off death row. And she says, oh, my God, yes, I'll do anything for her. I mean, I, I she's a Cleopatra or something like that. Like, in other words, she's a very good person. Uh, mm-hmm. If she already knew Cleopatra, she wouldn't say that. Um <laughs> Oh, we didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, she killed people with snakes. Um, So anyway, I wanted to ask you, Jonathan, if you noticed this. When they first examined the crime scene and she was still sitting in the chair, dazed and confused, there was a drunk man sitting next to her. And I thought, okay, there's the culprit right there. He was drunk. Mm -hmm. What are you saying, Larry? Uh oh. <laughs> um, and so here they went and uh, saw this guy again at the landlady's house, and he was drunk again. Mm-hmm. He's the stage manager, but he's chronically drunk. So I thought maybe he's the culprit. So it was like a like a red herring, and mm-hmm. it kind of took me a different way, which Hitchcock's good at, and but it wasn't. It so, wasn't. No. Yeah. So. Anyway, the funniest scene in the movie was when the Sir John goes to live at the policeman's house overnight to sleep there. Mm-hmm. And he's bombarded by their kids the next day with a woman who never shut up. You know, she just babbled on and on and on. There was a cat in the bed. Do you remember that? There was a and, cat in the bed. And there was a the, the kids came in and started hugging on him. And yeah, they loved know. him. And he's kind of this sheepish grin on his face. Yeah. And then Markham comes in and gives him weird looks like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he was it like, was uh, we need a we need a talk. So they kick every all the kids out and all the people. It was funny. It was such yeah. a weird scene. Like, it just felt like it was almost in a completely different movie. Yeah, I know. Like, no but real point. It's kind of like they needed some levity to right. you know, spice things up because it was too serious. Uh, so then they got an authorization to visit the girl in prison at Melhurst uh, uh, Penitentiary. 
Mm-hmm. And Diane enters, and she's, you know, glad to see him, but very depressed. And so sitting at this weird table, you know, it takes up the whole room. And they're sitting Oh, God, yes. It was the longest table I've seen. Yeah, well, that's to prevent the interviewer from being killed by the interviewee, I guess. You know, because uh, sometimes they can stab you in the eye with a pencil or whatever. And you never know. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, then they the sound was went off at times. There was no music. It was really creepy. There were awkward reactions. And Sir John feels responsible for, as I said before, because he sent the other actress away and Diana filled in for. Her. And uh, he thinks there's grounds for appeal. Well, she wants none of that. She accepts the future fate of the death sentence. And um, she says, I, I, I can't be, it can't be worse than the dentist. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, that was a great line. Because <laughs> every time I go to the dentist, I, I feel like he's killing me. <laughs> so uh, he's, then he said, uh, Sir John says, tell me the name of the man discussed by you and Edward. Uh, Ruck, or, or I'm sorry, Ed, Edna or some, whatever. And there is no, uh, she won't reveal the details. And he says, you're shielding this man because you're in love with him. And then she blurts out, that's impossible because he's a half cast. And she didn't really say that uh, fully, but I'm saying it now. And in other words, he has black blood. And uh, so she couldn't marry him at the time. It was the 30s. So, and Diana admits that Sir John is her hero because he found a picture of himself when he was looking around her room. And he wonders, and I wonder, what does that mean? And so then that the plot thickens. And uh, so she said, you're my hero. That's why I came to you to be an actress. And so she probably has some kind of love for him, too. And yep. uh, so anyway, she, she uh, wasn't hanging on around his neck like the kid was, though. You know, <laughs> right? Well, not yet. Uh, we'll get to that at the end. We'll get but, to that uh, at, the, at the end. Yeah, yeah that, that is kind of a weird ending. But uh, then uh, Markham and Sir John go to the circus to see the trapeze artist. I can't remember how they got the idea to go there, but uh, I must have missed that. I don't uh, think he, they're. I don't remember that either. So I don't think they. Kind of I think it just kind of. Sk- yeah, I think it just kind of skips to that. You know. Maybe they eliminated that or something or lost it. Uh, He's posing as a woman. And I thought, well, that's a very clever way to hide, you know, uh, because you play a woman in in your theater. So why wouldn't you use that to get into the room? Mm -hmm. And and then uh, they suggest inviting him to read for a new part that Sir John is writing. So. He says, don't you remember Hamlet to Markham? He says, I know every word of it. He says, well, you remember that scene where it's called the mousetrap and uh, it's a melodrama. And uh, so they they tricked this guy into admitting his guilt by offering him a part of the same thing that he did that they suspect him of. And this mm. guy falls for it. So well, he's falling they, for it for a little bit. Then he, but yeah. well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Like, right, right. So he shows up to their uh, audition thing, you know, or whatever, you know, and right. uh, he he explains he's writing a, um, you know, he's writing a play about the murder that happened, and 
and at first he's like i think he i think he's a little like nervous you know at first Yeah, like of course, yeah. because but he tries to play it off and so No, they he let he he sells it pretty well, but he kind of overacts. Did you notice that? Yeah. He was giving very big looks like down and away and you know, but that's the 30s, so that's how the way they did things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because they didn't have voice for a long time. So people overacted to try to sell uh, the message. So he hadn't gotten a memo to, you know, to subdue that sort of thing. But anyway, it was pretty cool. And so they said um, he confides that his play involves a Di
Sir John had brandy, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Handel looks very guilty and turns away. He walks to the window without a script, and uh, and then there's two, two two men watching him. I think they're detectives, and uh, posing as the aides, and then uh, and it's something about uh, the conversation in the room. Oh, it's in the script. Friends, I can tell you about them. And then he kind of jerks back and he suggests he uh, shielded um, uh, I can't even read my own writing, but um, oh, he suggests oh, he suggests, so he catches himself. He says, shouldn't the person who killed the girl uh, pick up a poker before he entered the room and Sir John kind of jerks back is like, whoa, okay, you are the murderer. It wasn't in the script. <clears throat> and then that's very revealing. He asks, may I have a poker? And Sir John says, sorry, we only have the last electric fires. Um, will this pencil do? <laughs> and, uh, and you come through the window, grab and raise a poker behind the women uh, with her back to you. And the woman uh, says, you're a fool. Don't you know he's a half? And she doesn't finish it. Scene not finished. And then he turns the page and uh, there's nothing there. So he knows he's been had. And uh, and then he says, oh, Sir John says, you want to collaborate with us on writing this? And it's like, because, yeah, that's a confession right there. If he does, because mm-hmm. he knows more about it than they do. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, sorry, I understand so little about playwriting. <clears throat> he realizes he's in a trap. Yep. They wanted him the to trap. improvise. Yeah, he wanted the mousetrap. They wanted to re- reveal that he's the culprit by that. The mousetrap means there's two cats, one mouse, and the cheese is a juicy roll in their new play. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you, you appeal to somebody's vanity. You're going to catch him every time. Exactly, so, because and especially if they don't know, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, but, his, but he's smart enough to realize there's a trap here. You know, mm-hmm. he's a smart rat and he kind of backs out. But <laughs> but does he, though? Because I think, you know, because even though he backs out of, of writing the play and giving the thing, uh, we get to the, the end ending where he's at. um uh where where he's they go back to the circus to see him again and he sees both of the you know markham and uh uh and and sir john in the audience you know watching him and he uh as you said he uh he hangs himself right which is well before that even before that uh they go into his dressing room right they're going to talk to him and they're very firm at this point and uh, the, the the circus master or whatever it was comes in. And he says, what are you doing here? And he says, we want to talk to this guy. And he says, uh, oh, about the, the play? He says, no, just him. They notice the brandy. And they go, hmm. And they talk to him about that. And he says, uh, well, yeah, I use it to steady my nerve. You never know what may happen. So then the, he goes out. There's a circus parade, right? Like they always have this 
the elephants and that he goes out in drag. Did you notice that? Yeah. So apparently he's androgynous or he's bisexual or whatever. Goes out as a woman, this really fancy hairdre- uh, hairdo, or not hairdo, what would he call it? Thing on his head. And uh, it's not a wig. It's like feathers. Oh, and, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. What you're I wrote about. it down somewhere, but I can't find it. So he's very feminine. I mean, extremely feminine. And so then he climbs up the ladder, and then he swings, and that's what a picture of you, uh, him behind you. Mm-hmm. And then he slumps. It's like, oh god, the jig is up. You know, I'm, I'm had. And then he makes a noose, like you said, and he drops, and everybody gasps. So he apparently broke his neck. Yep. And but before or right after that, they read this note where he confesses everything. His murder yeah. of a woman with a big mouth telling his secret to the woman he loved. But does and, he because like he sort of doesn't literally he says it as if like because of what they said. Yeah, no, no, it's stuff. A, yeah, it, it felt yeah. very it still felt very cryptic of like, okay, this because he kind of ends it like as if it was part of a play. Yes, you know? exactly. But, but it couldn't be anything but the truth. Right. So it fits entirely. So that gets her out of prison. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very great ending how he did that. And, and then, uh, and then he we planned see to die. The ending ending is with the curtain up and the you know the girl the 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 girl who's on trial. Um. Oh, what was her name? Uh, you said it earlier. Uh, Diana. 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 Um, so Diana coming up and she's doing her play and then or with uh with Sir John, and they mm-hmm. kiss and you know it's as if, like, you know what I mean? Like it's like uh very, like they they're they're together, which is so weird, in a way because yeah, like yeah, yeah. the second time I. I saw it. I wasn't freaked out because when he picks up the picture that I didn't understand the first time, he realizes she has, uh, you know, something for me, you Mm -hmm. know, she she loves me or something. And um, so then she, she always did, but he did. And then I was surprised that, but maybe not surprised that he tried to defend her because maybe he saw something in her too. Mm -hmm. You know, people can, feel things for each other that they never reveal and so finally well the cat's out of the bag so it's a logical conclusion mm-hmm. that they they love each other okay let's but she hit the gold mine because she's you know he's pretty rich um so anyway it's a great ending um well, she hit the gold mine because he also helped get her out of fucking prison exactly you know, yeah or and or the death penalty i mean she was yeah, exactly. willing to just die and there was a great shot where uh, it sort of was like the click that the ticking clock thing where you see sort of them talking and then you come back and you see the, the noose kind of coming down even, you know, right. And stuff like it was a great imagery of like the noose coming before, you know, before it was actually time for her to get hung, you know, or anything, but it was, you know, I, I, I like stuff like that. I like imagery where it you know there was um there was another great shot i'm trying to i'm trying to think of how it was but like there was a part where um there was like a um 
like a picture of somebody which one it was but then it also showed like uh another person coming into the frame or whatever and uh i don't know it's just it, like some of the shots in this movie were fucking cool like they oh. they look really good um but that's that was hitchcock just you know playing with stuff you know what i mean and, uh -huh. and working his magic and and yeah, yeah. shooting stuff like that you don't today even you don't see that much of you know a lot of people today it's just very standard like you you point right. and you shoot and you move on but like <laughs> directors like this they, yeah, they have the camera at a cool angle or they they have like you know really neat ways of of, of getting their you know stuff across and uh yeah. hitchcock was very good at that yeah the symbolism he used was very interesting mm -hmm. so yeah, it it was a very interesting movie. Um, glad I had a chance to see it. It wasn't my um, favorite. Um, as we said earlier, it did sort of start putting me to sleep. But I, I, I did because it was a little slow at times. But um, aside from that, and and the the other problem is the problems I have with Plex. Like I couldn't hear half the time so i had to keep turning it up but then they had commercials so i had to turn it down they had to turn it back up you know and yeah yeah and they didn't i couldn't get the oh. subtitles to work so like understanding their british accents were kind of hard at times oh my god um, yeah that was so, thank god for subtitles but they weren't very good either so. yeah that's what i'm saying like they guess what they're saying yeah yeah finally i i kind of cracked the code because you know, I, I just had had to imagine what they really meant to say instead of what I was reading. It was right. kind of, it was frustrating, but I did it. Now I want to touch on something really important before we leave. Um, there, there was a um, a moment when he's investigating different houses, mm -hmm. and he goes, like I said, the, the landlady, and he he proves that a man could have been in there, and she says, but he couldn't get through the window because of the plant. This is an enormous plant blocking the windows. So he says, okay, well, granted. Uh, okay, I'm going to go and investigate uh, the, the theater. And, and uh, apparently in this dressing room, there was a broken basin. They call it a basin. We call it a sink. Uh, somebody stepped on it and broke it. And apparently uh, this guy had either come in through the theater to the private residence because they said there's a private residence right behind this theater like oh my god well that's how we got in <laughs> he didn't even need to come back any other way and then uh I, i'm not sure if he went that way into their house or he came back that way but then he wouldn't have had to go by the street uh as a cop so <clears throat> i'm not sure how how he did that but uh that that kind of proved his uh, guilt that he stepped on a sink and broke it, uh, mm -hmm. climbing through the windows. It was another set of windows. Um, so I was I found that interesting. That that kind of was proof positive that he was guilty, and that was an aha moment for Sir John. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I gotta rewatch this movie again at some point, but I would love for somebody to put it out. And like on a Blu-ray, where it uh -huh. like 
clean up the audio, clean up the the video, just make it good, Yeah. you know, make it sound good, Yeah. you know, because um the 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 ones we have right now suck and uh and the biggest problem is Yeah. it's not a lot of these movies um since it hasn't been a hundred years yet, you know, since it came Yeah. out, it's not necessarily in public domain. Um, I looked this up the other day because uh, some of these titles are actually copywritten, and that's why Oh, like it's still. harder to find them, you know. I think right, right. Um, I, I was, and the I don't know what um version that we had for um, what is it um, uh version we had for Plex, but it, it I just I think it it could look. and sound and and be a lot better you know i feel like Yeah. this was a pretty poor uh Now, version I don't of it know if I don't know if there's any money in DVDs anymore because they're going away. Even Best Buy is eliminating them and some of the other stores too. So well unless you're a collector. So not I don't like know. me um i don't know i i Uh, there's a lot of boutique labels out there like Criterion and um, uh, Kino Lorber and a lot of great you know, Scream Factory um, who Okay, basically well that's good to hear. yeah there, Yeah. there are a lot of them out there that are still doing very well and they're constantly making more and more movies and a lot of them are taking older movies and putting them on Blu-ray Oh, okay. so I would love to see that happen But right now, what they've been focusing on mainly is the uh, old, um, the uh, the popular Hitchcock movies, you know. Uh -huh. Uh, so um, they're at like, I think they're at like number four or something of these like popular Hitchcock movies. It would be nice to see if they start getting into like the lesser known ones and putting them on like 4K. Like I would love that. That'd be nice. Yeah, there's Yeah. 50, 54 of them still around, uh, still existing. <clears throat> so Something like that, yeah. it'd be nice to have the whole collection. Mm So you're working on that, right? -hmm. I think so. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I have them on DVD, but they're at the studio, you know, my, my indie film cafe studio. Um, Uh-huh. however, that you've been to Larry, you know, Yeah. you've been to the studio. I know. Yeah. Very few people have seen that. It's uh underground. It's a it's a bunker. <laughs> it's a bunker So no, I wish no. I wish it were that'd be It's fun a very nice studio, yeah, by the way. It's, it's yeah inside a military base or something, is that true? mm -hmm. Or yeah it's uh, inside maybe. Fort Monroe Wow. I'm surprised they let us do that but you know they're very sweet over there I mean they don't Yeah. care as long as we're as long as we're keeping Paul happy because Paul's constantly working there Right, right. working his butt off Good. over there. But um anyway, the the my point is um that these uh uh what is it? Um uh that they that have these DVDs but they're they're they just don't look very good. Um they're kind of like the the Plex version, you know, and stuff. So I'm very not, you know, I I would just love to see somebody clean these up and make them look good and I have a feeling like maybe one day we might be able to get that. Um, especially if they keep doing like 
you know, they got 4K, but they'll make it like 8K, 12K, and get stuff that aren't on 4K and put it on 8K, you know? Oh, okay. That would be cool. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some of the movies I've made. Uh, you know, I, I haven't gotten too many of them in the last few years. And hopefully yeah. somebody will, you know, make some. So anyway, but uh, have to buy our own. Is Winning uh, Time available on Blu-ray? Which one? Winning Time. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I got the one I did with Julia Roberts, uh, Gaslit. I uh, got that was a limited series. Now, winning time is two years, so that's going to be a lot more expensive. But I, I don't know that it is, but I'm just assuming it might be. Uh, but we only did two years, and then they canceled it. So, what is uh, Gaslit? Okay, on. Okay, it's on. Whoa. It was on, it's on stars, what? I guess. Yeah, it's on stars. Apparently, yeah. I mean, they put it on the top of my DVD. I mean, nah. they put it on the top of my Facebook page. If anybody wants to see it, the trailer that mm. I'm in, it's number one thing that you, as soon as you hit G. Larry Butler on Facebook, it's on my public page. Oh, very and, cool. Uh, I, they did it. I did not do it. So I'm not trying to showboat or anything. They just did it. Maybe they advertise it. I don't know. Oh, cool. Yeah, but Winning Time, I wish I had that one episode. Out of all four episodes I did, I only liked one of them. You know, where it was the best one uh, in the first season. So, Because they kind of eliminated most of my stuff after that. So, um, anyway. But yeah. C'est la vie. Say lovey. Um, but yeah, it was a very awesome having you on today um to talk about murder. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. Uh did you like this a lot more or did you you know not? Yeah. I I well I didn't really like it at first, but I liked it better second time. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. It, it just gets an okay from me. Mm. because um, even though he had a few plot twists, I could see it coming, you know, this time. It didn't surprise me. I don't yeah, know. It's it, funny it, because it's probably problem. back then it surprised everybody, you know. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, you know. You know, a girl uh, is accused of murder. We think she's guilty and like, oh, wait, no, she isn't. You know, that sort of thing. Wrongfully accused. That's his... Um... You know, that's his typical yeah, thing. He's publicly accused. Um, but he has these uh, clever little plot twists, like, you know, double entendres and stuff like that. And later on, you know, he, he evolves and he gets uh, more sophisticated. So that's what I like about him. He, he learns and uh, he speaks with an American accent. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Did you but see some Hitchcock? Did I ever see him? Yeah, did you see him in the movie? He's he pops up like an hour in. No. Oh my um, god, I missed yeah. it. No, I missed it too. I didn't I had to look it up and find where oh, it was, but dude. I missed it. Uh I've missed the last he, was, couple. he was apparently right outside one of the houses that uh Rich. you know that uh 
they're investigating well, or whatever. I guess I wasn't looking for him. But yeah. uh, if I know in advance he's in it, I'll look for him. But I think he's in the next one, so um, I'm pretty sure. I'd like to find out what time so I won't have to spoil the whole movie looking for him. Well, generally, so that's one of the first movies that he's, you know, this is the early Hitchcock, yeah. right? So yeah. back in early Hitchcock, he did it like he would do it like an hour in, but then he learned, and I think we've talked about this before, but he sort right. of learned that people are like looking for him. And so they're not paying attention to the movie. Exactly. Looking for Hitchcock. Uh, that should really? be a title of a documentary, looking for Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually that would be interesting because it would be like a whole documentary about uh, his, uh, his, what is it? Uh, his little cameos um but anyway he ended up um deciding you know uh later uh to make it so that um he would do it early on like in the first 10 minutes or whatever that way people can see him and then you know concentrate focus more on the movie so mm -hmm. but yeah this was one of the earlier ones so it's it's an hour in or something like that and um I wish I had, had seen him, but I did not. I'll have to re I'll have to rewatch this movie. I think I'm gonna uh when I go to the studio on Sunday, I'm hoping to grab uh my copy of because uh, uh, I have one I have a couple that have like all his old, old movies, you know? And uh -huh. is one of them. And I wanna bring him back to my house so that I can watch them, you know, here. Instead of having to watch like Plex or um, Tubi or one of those, you know, uh, the next one is uh, get, I think available at on Tubi, so it should be a better quality and stuff. But what's it, it called? It's called The Lady Vanishes, and that's the one we're okay. going to do next month. And okay. uh, we we will have a special guest who will be joining us. I told you who it is, but you will find out next month when. Uh, when the new episode comes out, and it's going to be The Lady Vanishes, um, which is actually also on Criterion. Uh, Criterion did a, uh, you know, did a thing for it, so. Uh -huh. um, I love Criterion. Criterion's my favorite uh, boutique label, uh, and they have a bunch of Hitchcock movies, um, and so Rebecca was one of them, um, uh, so it was uh, Lady Vanishes, and then I think we're going to do at some point and we're going to do all of them, all the criterion ones as well, you know? So I'm oh, wonderful. Okay. I'm great. excited about this. I think this will be a lot of fun. Uh, but I want to thank you, uh, Larry. I know we had some technical difficulties that happens. Like that's nothing, Yeah. you know, you can't, can't really do anything about that at the time. So I'm just glad yeah, my studio technician is uh, away. <laughs> so I all alone, and yeah. uh, I'm I am not uh, talented in that direction. That's, unfortunately, it is it is a okay. I don't I don't uh, you know I I I'm just glad we got to you know I I was willing to like push it off, and then you were like no let's get this done, and I love well, that I kind of attitude. I am sorry, but it's just I've got four movies back to back I have to do, so I'm not going to be able to 
you know, study for this. Um, Again, I, no, yeah, totally. Uh, and this I've is fresh in your head. Vegas. Yeah, I'm leaving in the morning for Las Vegas. I can do one, but yeah. Then, uh, are you able to say what you what you're doing? Or are you? You're... Well, it's a biker werewolf movie. Biker, <laughs> biker wow. versus werewolves. It's kind of. I, I I don't know that I love the title, but you know, for what people title. know what I they're going to get. Uh, the yeah, Mahals always have like crazy titles and stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm very happy that you're in it. Um, I know this is your second or third Mahal Brothers movie. I know you did, yeah, um, yeah, a Camp Pleasant movie or something. Uh, Camp Pleasant Lakes coming out next month, and I was in another one. I can't even remember the name of it. I've done so many movies, but I just yeah, you've uh, done so many movies with them. You've done so many with um, what's his name? Uh, uh, with Sean, yeah, Sean C. Phillips. Sean C. Done, Phillips, uh, James Balsamo. James Balsamo for sure. Yeah, You're busy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, oh, I, I'd like to broadcast the fact that I'm in a. A, a TV series, a web web series called CCC Horrorverse, and it's a uh, a lot of episodes. I'm in episode nine. I play the father of Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, both of them. So <laughs> tune in for that. It's free. It's on YouTube. What's it called? And, uh, CCC Horrorverse. H o r r o r v e r s e, and uh, it's amazing. And uh, people think uh, I'm usually like a comedic actor or whatever, but um, this one is different. You see the dark side of me. So mm. uh, I've been in a lot of horror movies, but usually uh, not this dark. This wow. one is to blow your mind. So I, I scared the cameraman so much he was shaking the camera. So that's uh that's always, that's always a, good, a good sign. Yeah. It's always a good thing, you know, when you scare the camera guy. Uh, <laughs> so I got hit in the head by a drone. <laughs> that is awesome. A wayward bat. Oh, God. But anyway, it's it's a great it's an hour episode. Usually they're a lot less than that, but it's well worth it. Uh, if you have an hour to spend, it's incredible the way they shot it. And the acting is superb from everyone involved. Some of the best actors in the Northwest up in Seattle. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they want me back. <laughs> well, I can't say no. When people send me scripts, you know, I, I do them. And, oh. uh, Maybe at some point I'll have to, you know, be more selective. But right well, now I'm practically not. Practically, you can say no, you know. But oh yeah, I know. But but it, I I'm just so glad somebody wants me, uh, you know, because I am getting older, and uh, but it's, well, yeah. I mean, people want you. Don't worry, they all want you. They're all clamoring well, for uh, G. Larry Butler. I'm a relic from the past. So I worked with Perry Mason, the original one, and all the old actors in the eighties. So uh, if they if they look all the way back to when I started, 
they they might be interested if they know the names of the actors. Uh, but they were some of the biggest actors of the time, like uh, uh, Richard Chamberlain and people like that. Tom Bosley. I watched. But, uh, um, I watched. Uh, what is it? I had to review. Well, I didn't have to, but I reviewed um, Yankee uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy, and uh, I don't oh, know if yeah. you've seen that movie. I'm sure you have. The classic. I, I'm not in that one. I don't know. But James Cagney is, and oh, he has a, he has a great <laughs> scene where he oh, um, where he's doing a uh, um, at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Um, he is uh, an old, old man, and uh, he's talking to these young kids, and these kids uh, don't know who he is and, and, and the past that he has and 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 what he's really done for, like, the theater and for music and for, you know, all these things. And yeah. they're just yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, oh, you're so cute, Gramps, you know, and they kind of walk off and, you know, and all this stuff. And I was just like thinking that is really how it is with a lot of people because, you know, especially even these, the generation now, like generation um, Z or whatever it is, they just don't seem to understand uh, about the past. The past doesn't, you know, interest them as much anymore, you know? Like, it's about yeah. what they're doing right now on TikTok, you know, or whatever, Yeah, you know? Right. And I'm sure you get that with your daughter, you know, and everything, but... Uh, well, yeah, she tells a lot of people about me, and she's, you know, she's been really good for me. Uh, good. You know, she's so young, and I'm so old, but... Everybody thinks I'm her grandfather, but anyway, she's been a great help and she's my champion. You know, she defends me and she helped me, uh, put stuff online and, you know, like my own website and stuff. And so anyway, but, uh, yeah, well, um, it's been, been a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Well, there we've you done go. vaudeville. So anyway, but I she appreciate won't be you. She won't be back for a little stinkers too, though. <laughs> You're still trying, aren't you? <laughs> no, we're actually not. We kind of moved on. We found another person who said she would do it with her uh, daughter. So we'll okay. see. We'll see. Yeah, if that they or can not. take over. I, you yeah. know, I'm sorry about well, that. It, but... I think it'll be interesting if each season we have um, a mother, daughter, you know, yeah, father, cool. daughter, or somebody else you know like you know that kind of thing you know helping out right. but we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah. um, we haven't started doing anything with that yet so paul paul's in charge of it but apparently yeah. i have to wrangle everything most of the time because if, if i don't paul just doesn't do anything <laughs> well we'll see how they react like yeah by mid-season whether they're ready to jump off a cliff or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, those, those, you and Bonnie, for sure. But we get it our, we gave it our best shot. Yes, you did. You did a great job. Like I'm not, uh, I would never in a million years say like you know, like I thought you guys were were fantastic, and you guys, I mean, you watched some of the worst crap. I mean, yeah, that was painful. I get uh, it. Especially the one where the woman filmed a parade. It was like a home movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. what? 
what yeah. the hell are we watching? Uh, I, I don't know. But anyway, but it as long as somebody enjoys it, uh, we did our job. <laughs> right. No, and people enjoyed it. People really did. You know, um, I think, and it was fun. I, yeah. I enjoyed. I enjoyed, and I I hate. Uh, fun in Balloon Land is the one you were talking about where they watched the parade, and it was her just doing voices of all the different balloons or whatever, and she sounded like she was drunk the whole time. And uh, yeah, it's a painful movie to watch. <laughs> and there was another lie. one, another one, Santa Claus versus the Easter Bunny or something. It's like what? So out of That's all the of one. these, you mentioned the ones that. Paul talks about the most. Paul, Paul keeps bringing that up to torment me. Yeah. Okay. Enough. But anyway, it's it was uh, an interesting thing to do. Yep. And you guys, I mean, you guys did a great job. So very happy yeah, you guys thanks. were uh, helped yeah, us well, out. We appreciate you selecting us uh, to do it. It was something we could do together, you know, as father and daughter. And this is why we created Hooked on Hitchcock because Larry was so down on all of these bad kid movies. He needed good movies to watch. And uh, yeah, so and thank even, you for rescuing me. The worst Hitchcock movie is better than any of those movies. That's very true. Yes. Yes, the worst yeah. Hitchcock movie ever would still be better than anything. These, this, this, uh, those, those movies that you you had to watch. Uh, you had to but yeah. uh, so yes, so come back next week uh, or next week, next month. Jesus, uh, next week. We can't do this every week. Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, it'd probably drive us crazy. Um, but join us next month where we're going to be reviewing. Uh, oh Lord, my brain just the lady vanishes. Um, lady it just vanishes. vanished from my head. Um. <laughs> So thank you guys for checking this out. I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, let us know what you think of murder. Did you, if you've seen it, did you like it? Uh, you can watch it on Plex as of right now. So go check it out and let us know what you guys think. Until then, everybody okay. have a good one. Tally ho. Bye. <laughs>